For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hello. How are you? Okay. This rocks or Jan? Rocks. This is Brian. Oh, I see your buddy accent. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, yeah, it does. I'm doing all right, giving New York a lot of hail. Good for you. So you're finding out the system is not as upright as they portray themselves, huh? That is correct. You have no idea how deep this rabbit hole is going to go. Oh, uh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, they're here, uh, you know, th- there doesn't seem to be any transparency. I can't find anything online, like what a foster oh, family not. makes, what, why agencies are selected to... Like, I have two kids that aren't even with children in youth anymore. They're in other facilities. But those facilities are accountable. Supposed to, as in they've aged out, or what do you mean? Yeah, they're, they're under the umbrella of children or youth, and youth, but one's with a Bethany Christian foster family, and the other one's with the... Um, uh, the Hexman Agency, Community Services Agency, and I had kids with a place called Families United. So they're they're like not even in a Lancaster County Children and Youth approved home. They're they're out in other community based groups that foster. Okay. Do you know why there's no transparency and why nothing makes sense? Is because you don't know what's driving this. Because I don't know what's what? Driving it. No, I don't. And the social workers clam up. They, I get no cooperation from my caseworkers, from children and youth. Will, you will not get another case because you will not basically go along. Well, I had two cases, and I gave one up already. And I kept the one because the kids were truly abused children. Uh-huh. 
and that one I kept, and they're far away. One's 100, 110 miles one way, the other one's 79 miles away. They're not even here in Lancaster County. So what did you think about that video I sent you? <laughs> What's there is what I'm finding to be true, which, you know, I never thought that's what went on. Oh, it goes on a lot more than you know. Oh, the stuff that I was reading, that's why I I, I stopped reading. It's all the same. It doesn't matter what state you're in. It's all the same. Yeah, because it's it's a federally mandated system. And it's not federally mandated as in we're here to protect the children. No. The the, the children that need protection, they don't right. protect. They use it. Have you ever heard of what's called the Hegelian dialectic? It's called problem, reaction, solution. You create the sensitive, the, the I don't remember the actual three terms. Right. No, I haven't but, heard of it, no. Yeah, if you look up what's called the Hegelian dialectic. Okay. Uh, and it gives you the three scientific terms, and you get one, the other, and you, and you combine them, and you get the synthesis. And what it is is called, the layman's term is problem, reaction, solution. Uh-huh. You create the problem. Right, right. You control the reaction through the media. Uh-huh. Okay. And you offer the solution that you want to place. Think of, right. go back to 9-11, okay? The 28 uh -huh. pages they don't want to release. Why? The 28 pages show that Saudi Arabia quarterbacked 9-11 with the help of insiders in the government through a stand-down order, okay? Now, this nah. was in 2001, okay? Uh -huh. So what, now if you go back before that, what do you have? You have the Project for a New American Century. Dick Cheney, George W. Bush's brother was on there, was on the, on PNAC. Uh-huh. Uh, if you type in a PNAC document 2009-11, you'll find it. On the cover sheet, it has the Twin Towers in crosshairs. And inside the document, it says, we need another Pearl Harbor-style event to get the American people behind our agenda. Okay? There is, and what was the agenda? Uh, a lot of presidents have told us, the New World Order. Okay? Global government. Right. Okay, so then we get 9-11 happened. What was the answer for 9-11? Ain't it amazing how fast they come out with the Patriot Act? Hmm. It was passed within 10 days of 9-11. You mean to tell me it took them that many huh. days to write it, research the legality of it, and pass it? Not the government. Hell no. They were sitting on that puppy, weren't they? They already had it made. Yeah. So now we got yeah. the problem reaction solution. Now, fast right. forward. Remember the underwear bomber? The one yeah. that got on a plane that had the firecracker in his shorts that, oops, <laughs> it misfired, didn't do nothing? Yeah, right. Yeah, he's got a very unhappy flight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it came out in Congress that the State Department had to admit, yes, we were ordered to put him on the plane by some unnamed intelligence agency. Why? 
look what happened. Look at what the facts came out. They bought the body scanners the year before the event. Now they needed the problem to control the reaction of the people to offer the solution they wanted in place, which means a year later, we get the naked body scanners. You see how this plays out? Yeah, starting to. Yeah. Yes. So now, think of DSS like, in the same way. DSS uh, will not help the kids that actually need it. They use those to create the problem, control the reaction through the media, to get in place, we need more money. Right. Or we need tougher laws. Now, who do they go after? Albeit not perfect families, but decent families, like me and Carrie. Yeah, yeah, because the families I'm involved with definitely, I mean, my one little boy had his shirt set on fire while he was wearing it. Now, that's bad. That's a a case I can see. Now, I'd have to know the facts of how it was set on fire. Was Was it clearly an accident? Or was it clearly as I'm going to abuse you because you pissed me off? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, it was just his shirt torched because he was sent to school that way. And that's who reported it. He had third-degree burns on his body, and he was sent to school with his shirt. Now, that to me is I mean, that, that, the parent had to have known we did. Yeah, so and that's the case I still have because I feel that, that those are the two kids that need me because they were indeed abused. The girl was sexually assaulted as well. And she and turned around and called the kids. That's an accident. That's not abuse. Right, right. So. But th- those are the two kids that I kept. Yeah. Now, what's driving this is money. See, and that's what I've been looking for, and there's no trail. There's no, there's. There is. Well, yeah, you, because of your involvement, you can find it. I can't. I've had. Type in the layman's term. Are you sitting at a computer? Yeah, but I don't have it uh, powered up. Okay. Type in the Adoption Incentives Program. Okay. That's not what it's called. Okay. Okay. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton were the big pushers to pass this when Bill Clinton was in office. They passed it in 97. 97 Hmm. was around the year they quit giving the children to the grandparents. Why? Because the federal government pays the states money to take the kids and put them in foster care. Oh, is that why they keep denying my grandparents the kinship placements? Yeah. They keep denying the kinship placements. That's right, because there's money involved. I see. It's hmm. called the ti- it's called the Title Four E program. 
Okay. This is under the Social Security Act. Remember I told you I had an attorney that done a weekly radio show? Right. She's been digging into this hard in Tennessee. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I believe I read something you had. Yes. I shared something the other day that gave the history of Hillary Clinton's involvement with children's programs. Uh. Now... Now, let's look at a certain senator named John DeCamp. He wrote a book called The Franklin Cover-Up. It was a, Now, don't think I'm picking on just Democrats, because uh-huh. it's not just Democrats. It's Republicans, too. Franklin was a big-time, fast-rising Republican star. Uh-huh. You're breaking up. Senator John DeCamp's district. They were getting reports of a pedophile network inside the country. Nobody believed it. But they said the it was it was such a, as in the senators and congressmen in, on Capitol Hill were getting told so much all the time, they said, look, they contacted John DeCamp. They said, we know your credentials. We know your credibility. Will you look into this? Because there's no way this can be true. And he didn't think it was either. Okay. But he proved it was. He, he named, showed the documents. out of his. Yeah. In Wilmington, Carolina, for Michael slander against him, and he sued them as an attorney. And part of the stuff with the news network was they would do an honest report piece three days straight and showed it was true. That was uh-huh. member member Boys Town. Remember Boys Town back in the 90s? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Uh Johnny Camp's the one that exposed that. He named Penn State before Penn State was ever named. What? Yeah, and that whole thing, I don't know. Look, CPS is the collection agency for these networks. How do you cover it up? You put them in foster care. Some foster kids go missing. Who cares? Then you go look up how many states have missing and how many are missing. Where did they disappear uh-huh. to? Huh. Yeah. Okay, so that explains why when I ask questions, my social worker for my kids doesn't give me any answers. Interesting. Because I ask too many questions.
So this person, uh, this attorney still does this radio program in Tennessee. Brian. Brian. My phone call dropped. Yeah, it did. That's why I just sent you. It uh, dropped. Well, this time the static's gone. It was very full of static before. Right now it's that's, not. That's because of where I'm at. I'm going through the woods. <laughs> it's funny how that happens. Yeah. So now you kind of see a lot of the problems, why they are well, doing some of what they're doing. Yeah, and and sometimes, and I brought this up to my CASA supervisor, I don't feel that I can adequately advocate for the children that I've been appointed to or for because I'm not getting answers about certain things. Yeah. In, in fact, one of the agencies told me I'm the only CASA that they have worked with that has pushed the uh, caseworker toward accountability. But every time I do, I get my ass in trouble. I push back because, look. He pushes back and my boss, my supervisor, I shouldn't say boss, my, since I'm a volunteer, my supervisor tries to push back on me. And I'm getting very, very pissed off. Okay. Now, now here, let, let me explain why. They are breaking the law in pretty much every state doing a lot of stuff they do. One, okay, it is a known fact. I had a CPS agent in another county the other day in New York, in the county right next door to us, point blank admitted. Because he, he doesn't know I've been studying law for four years. Uh-huh. I said, you know as well as I do. Now, I was on the phone with a friend of ours, a, a mother up in New York that's been fighting them, trying to protect her son because her, her ex-husband is abusive. Okay. 
Okay. County that he, and Orange County put a protection order, which a protection order ain't worth a hill of beans. It's just a freaking. It's a paper. piece of paper. You're right. It means nothing. That's right. So put her and the son on the protection order. Ulster County, same county we're fighting, the judge won't even look at the evidence but takes her son off of it. Her ex-husband and his girlfriend have filed five false reports. And what did they do? Because she is so outspoken in Ulster County and wreaking so much havoc. Uh Oh, trust me, we are giving them a hard time up there. She, um, they've been calling Dutchess County, the county next door. Uh-huh. To investigator. And so she's finally starting to listen to me. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. They called Duchess because they said it's a conflict of interest. Why is it a conflict of interest? Because it looks like retaliation against all her stuff exposing their crimes. Now, we're on the phone with this guy, and I'm just sitting there listening. And I said, can I speak? Because he's asking for a lot of things and asking her to consent, and this, that, and the other, right? Uh-huh. I said, can I say something? He said, yes. I said, now, you know for a fact that just because you get a phone call, an anonymous phone call, or not an anonymous phone call, you're supposed to investigate the source of the phone call. He said, yeah. And that phone call doesn't even stoop to the level of getting a warrant. And... Not having a warrant, you can't even go to go to this go to Francesca's house. Well, yeah, but we have to investigate. Now he's trying to he's trying to justify going to her house. Right. I say, well, we have to investigate. I said, yeah, you have to investigate, but you don't go to Francesca's house without a warrant. And I said, and then if you really want the brass tacks, if you go get that warrant, it has to has a bond attached to it. Are you going to go get the bond also? I said, so my advice to you is you better stay away from her. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, they know they're supposed to have a, a warrant. But will they get it? No, because they know no. the average man and woman is ignorant. Right, they don't know. Rights. That's right. Now, Carrie's appellate attorney. I've been arguing jurisdiction in our case the whole time. You mean you guys are still going through this shit? Yeah, it's been going on for four years now. (laughs) Wow. Now, Carrie's appellate attorney. (laughs) I've been arguing jurisdiction the whole time. Right. I sent him the same video I sent you, of which they mailed a letter to that attorney and Mm -hmm. said, we need to talk. Now, what the outcome of that talk was, I have not a clue. Yeah, but they t- they called Carrie and said, "Carrie, we looked at every possible angle of jurisdiction, and the only reason the court had jurisdiction was because you went." Carrie called me. She told me. I said, "They left out how to fix it. Withdraw your consent, because you cannot be forced into going to court." without a criminal act. That's a violation of the 13th Amendment. You're not a slave. They can't drag you unwillingly without some actual danger. 
to the children, they can. Right. Now, what is DSS mm. or CPS or oh, they are administrative? Yeah, whatever they're called. That's why it's, here we call it children and youth, but I also know it's called child protective services in other places. And who, who knows yep. what else elsewhere? Yeah. Yep. Department of Social Services, Department of Human Services. They go with yeah. different names in different states. Right. They are an administrative agency. Okay. Okay. That means what? They operate via contract. Right. How do they get you to go into contract with them? Well, they have you sign the papers. Because you are, as a mother, are scared to death that you have to. Right. Yeah. If you never, if you never go into contract with them, there ain't nothing they can do. Why do you think more and more you're seeing in the news? What are they doing now? They're just taking the kids. And most moms will not fight back. They will say, well, if I just do what they say, they'll just go away. Gary's finally starting to realize, no. Yeah, no, they, they're they not going away. They're not. I mean, I'm seeing that the hard way. I'm also uh, uh, very disappointed in the lawyer of one of my moms, and not that, you know, I'm not I'm an advocate for the child, but we're at 15 months now, and now the lawyer is finally starting to ask questions for the mom. What's he been doing the last 15 months? We go to court every every uh, three months. What's he been doing? You want to see these attorneys? He's, he's been collecting the check, apparently. That's right. But he ain't done nothing for her until now They've uh, children and youth have filed for termination of parental rights. So now he's starting to open his mouth. Well, now it's a little too late. No, it's not too late. But I can't advise the mom. I can't help the mom because I'm court-appointed to the children. You can help the mom. You just don't realize you can help her. You can't physically do it as in the office that you are in. Okay. Let me give you some history. Okay. You, you are you, now. You're born in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. Now you're a dual citizen and don't even know it. Well, you're right. I don't. That's right. I said this to an attorney the other day and blew her mind. Now, the Declaration of Independence. It says what? All men are created equal that they have certain unalienable rights given to them by the Creator, right? Right. But when it says all men with rights given by the Creator, that is mankind. Not just men only, that's all men and women. They have the same rights. Okay. they were all created equal in the image of God. Right. Okay. That means you cannot pass a law taking away someone's rights. You cannot... Pass a law giving someone rights. It, you can't. You're not God. Okay, gotcha. Okay. So now, the establishment of the day. Every generation has its own version of the establishment. Mm-hmm. Anything the establishment tells you something's for, that we have to pass this law, it's never for that. I told you about the Patriot Act. Right. Look at John Wolfe and his whole fight over taxes. It's not for ta- it's not for what he's telling you it's for. John Wolfe is a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, 
or Tom Wolf or whatever his name is. I don't pay attention to him up in Pennsylvania. Oh, the, go- the our new governor. governor. Yeah, the governor. Yeah. Uh, the establishment of the day, they said in, eight, in 1865, we need to free these black people, these slaves, and we need to pass the 13th Amendment because it's the only way we can do it. Uh-huh. They didn't, they didn't abolish slavery. They created two forms of slavery. Go read it. 13th Amendment says involuntary slavery, uh, says slavery and involuntary servitude shall not be allowed in these United States and territories except for the punishment of a crime where you're duly convicted by a jury of your peers. Uh-huh. Enough, close enough word for word. So that tells you one thing out in the open. If you go to jail, you're a slave. So you want to know why we have the largest prison population per capita and the most private prisons of any country? It's the new plantations. That's why we have the most nonviolent people in, in prison for smoking a joint. It's the new plantations. That's why about 80% of the population in prison is, is black. Interesting. Okay. Now, when the courts... Huh. When the courts look at a law like the 13th Amendment, okay, they look at what's called legislative intent. They look at what is said, and they look at what's not said. Voluntary servitude or slavery is legal. The Bible says what? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You volunteer into servitude because you don't know better. Now it's gonna, sh- and I'm gonna. Play. Okay, okay. I'm gonna prove it to you. Okay. Fourteenth Amendment was passed three years later because the establishment of the day said what we can't have these freed black people have the same rights as us, so they passed the Fourteenth Amendment. That's what you get the very first definition of the United States citizenship. Okay. Now three years after that, 1871, we get the Washington D.C. Or- Act, which creates Washington, D.C. as a corporation. Right. After the 14th Amendment, you don't have access to the Bill of Rights. Jones versus in 1993 was the very first federal court case I read that, that pointed a, a little light on the dual citizenship. A cab driver, I think, in the state of New York, uh, sued under the 14th Amendment for civil rights violations. He sued under U.S. Code, I mean, U, uh, U.S. Code Title 42, Section 1983 for civil rights violations. His civil rights claim were under the Bill of Rights. Why? Because we are all taught in school. Me and you ain't far from the same age. No, we're not. We're about 10 years apart. Okay? Okay. You're what? In your 50s, right? Hell no, I wish. I turned 65 on Friday. Oh my God, you're old as my dad. <laughs> Gosh, I didn't think he was that old already. I'll be 65 on Friday. <laughs> so now, Jones versus Timmer, they dismissed the case. And what was part of their argument? Under the 14th Amendment, the legislature said, you don't have access to the Bill of Rights because the legislature never incorporated the Bill of Rights into the 14th Amendment. That is reserved for the citizens of the several states. Now, that got me saying, okay, wait a minute, there's another citizenship. 
where is this other citizenship at? I need to know. And I've been on that trail ever since. Uh-huh. Hmm. Now, go back through the history of the legal system when it comes to attorneys. Who had to use attorneys? Slaves. Because why? They didn't have rights. They were United States citizens. They had no voice unless someone spoke for them in court. Okay. Okay. So over the years, what have we been trained to do? Use attorneys. Right. I've got a Black's Law Dictionary on my phone. I can show you the legal Latin terms that they use. Okay. So only a man or a woman can speak in court because a man and or a woman is free. A U.S. citizen is not. What you were saying when you oh. signed a document that says, I am a U.S. citizen, you were saying you are property of the corporation of Washington, D.C., which means you don't have rights. You have duties, obligations, and responsibilities. Uh-huh. What does a government official have? Duties, obligations, and responsibilities. That's why there is codes and statutes and regulations governing what they are supposed to do. Right. But but nowadays they don't even follow it. Hmm. Yeah, you're definitely putting a lot more light on this. Hmm. Um, you want to, um, I'll have to send you a document. I'll have to send you a document and you will have to sit down with that mother in front of the attorney. I have three copies of it. One for you, one for her. Yeah. And one for the attorney. Okay. Corpus Juris Secundum. It's one of the big legal encyclopedias of this country. It's uh-huh. not something you can easily get access to. To buy the encyclopedia alone is $18,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> ask, ask any of your legal friends what is Westlaw. They will tell you what I've got access to. Westlaw. Westlaw is one of the big legal publications that attorneys use. There's two main ones. Westlaw. And, um, oh, what is the other one? Crap. But LexisNexis, which most people have heard of LexisNexis. I pay two sixty five a month for my Westlaw subscription. Uh-huh. I don't have full access to everything. Yeah. i got enough of an access to be dangerous. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but I discovered a nice little document that that mother right. cannot sue her attorney. But a third party can. Uh-huh. Has a compelling interest and close tie to the attorney, I mean, to the case. Okay. That means you can sue these attorneys. 
that are committing fraud in a Pennsylvania court. But just trust me, you will never get another case again. I'm not sure I want any. Because because of things that I've been told by my own uh, volunteer manager. You know why? Because you're asking questions. You're not just going along. Exactly, and I, and I've been told that. I told uh, uh, there was something that a social worker wanted to do in his report, and I disputed that with my manager when it came time to file my report. Because every three months when we go to court, I have to write a report to the judge. And I didn't agree with something the social worker wrote, and my manager changed it. And I said, that's not what I submitted to you. I said, if, I'm, if, if you want a rubber stamp, I am not your person. Then you need to re- have me removed from the case and uh, have the judge appoint someone else, because I will not rubber stamp. And I was told, sometimes you have to. Well, no, I don't. No, you don't. Don't. Would you be willing to go public and actually expose these people? Well, that's a big one. I don't know how that would hurt my kids. Because I really do believe these two children need someone looking out for them. Well, that part is true. But you also know the corruption right now with the system is not going to help them. And the only way to put a stop to them is go public. Is to go public. And when I mean go public is let's do an official interview without all this stuff where you name names, you provide me documents, and if you want to keep your name anonymous and your address out, fine. Do that. Okay? Yeah. You name the names of the people where I can show the documents. I know how to black out your name. Right. And all the stuff that would identify you. Probably, yeah. I I can go that way with you know without me being shown because I I'll be removed in an instant. That the only way that charges cannot be filed against me, I'm free and clear of all charges if what I do is perceived as in the best interest of the children. But once my name would go public, I know that know what the judge is going to do. I personally know this judge uh, outside of the court. In fact, I, when I knew her before I got involved with this, I didn't even know she was a judge. And she raked me over the coals on a disagreement that that I put in a report against what the caseworker put in. And it was the first time I was questioned by the judge instead of by the attorneys. And I was not a happy camper that he hung me out to dry. Because that's exactly what the social worker did. He hung me out. Yeah, they hung you out to dry. And the reason... Yeah over the coals, the judge is in collusion with them. She is the one that was in charge of founding CASA here in Lancaster, of establishing it. The president judge named this particular judge the judge that would uh, create CASA in Lancaster County. Give me one second and I'll call you right back. I need my data. I need my data's connection because when I lost signal back there, I didn't get it. Okay. I need my map to check because I got a permitted load. I need to make sure I'm on route. Oh, gosh, you sure do. All right, Brian. Okay. Bye.
Hello? Yes. Get out there. What are you doing? Get off my feet. So, well, the reason I'm I'm bringing that up is, yeah, she may have raped over the coals because, one, she don't want to get questions. I don't trust none of these judges. Uh-huh. I don't trust none of these attorneys because the stuff I'm finding out written in law, okay? Yeah. That what they're supposed to do, they're not doing. Ah, okay. Most every state, to my knowledge, I'm not going to say every state, I'm going to say most. Because I don't know every state. Right. I know that an attorney, I mean a judge in most states, has to be a licensed bar attorney. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Nick. Nick. Uh huh. They don't just take an oath to the Constitution. They take an oath to the bar. What is their number one? What is an attorney's number one uh, obligate uh, duty? Who is who is the attorney obligated to? Well, from what I'm seeing, I'm beginning to think himself and making money. <laughs> yes and no. Is there some of that? Yes. But I got a nice little document that I found in corp- in a Westlaw called American Lawyer. It's a book. Uh-huh. Written in 1907. Come on, girl. In. Uh-huh. That the duties of an attorney is first to the courts, second to the public, and third to the clients. If there's Ooh. a conflict that arises between the three, he yields to the former. All right. Because that means what? The attorney, the, the clients are basically screwed. But right. when the courts are corrupt, guess who's going to win the battle? Guess why parents are losing their children and having their rights violated? Because when they got an attorney speaking for them, they have no rights. Your award of the state is when you, when, when you have someone speaking to you, this goes back through many court decisions, you are considered a ward of the state. And the state basically can do with you what they want. Because they have to protect you, even if it means protecting you against yourself. Okay. Well, this is getting more and more interesting and more and more like I don't want to be a casa. I think you went into it for the possibly the right reasons, and I'll be honest with you. We did feel a little betrayed, I'll be honest, because uh-huh. honestly, we already knew the corruption. See, and I didn't. You didn't. I had no idea until I got involved. I mean, I'm not telling you anything that you can't sit down at a computer and look up yourself. Right. Except for... Right. But I didn't know where to except look. For, except for the legal stuff. Right. But I'm building a library. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is things you can do and not so blatantly out in the open like that one document about a third party. 
Uh-huh. He wouldn't, like, he just lay it in front of him and say, I had someone send me this. Can said, from what I understand of this is that if there is fraud, constructive fraud, collusion, or malpractice, aren't these attorneys involved in this case against your client, wouldn't they be liable to the to your client? Because the other attorneys, she would be a third party to them. Right. And he's going to look at that and see where it came from, and he's going to pop a pickle. Uh-huh. He's going to gulp really big, and he's going to say, who gave you that? He may not say it out loud, but he's going to think it. Well, yeah, because this particular attorney, I was shocked when I I only looked it up maybe maybe a month ago to see what lawyer's office he was from. He's actually employed by the highest regarded attorney in Lancaster County, and he's, in my opinion, doing nothing for the foster mom. I mean, for the bio mom. Yeah. And I was actually shocked to see what attorney's office he's out of. They won't do anything. I actually talked to a mother in Ulster County. Her husband, she went and took her child to the hospital and reported abuse. And guess what they did? They took the child from her and gave it to the father. Gave it to him. Yep, yep. And she actually has it in writing. I said, please give me that. Please. I want to make it public. <laughs> yeah, really. Keep your name. Because then that will, trust me, you'll get your kid back. I've got some contacts that are in the media, so to speak, that I would make the video and send it to them. Uh-huh. It's up to them to watch it. Right. But, yes, her attorney, point blank, in a letter, said the reason her kid was taken and given to the father was because she reported the abuse. In other words, you stay in the abusive situation. Because if you report it, we're going to take your kid. Right, right. Or, so I mean, or you wait till it gets so bad, and maybe your kid won't get killed, and then we'll take your kid anyway. Yeah, exactly. And that's well, I'm just not liking what I'm seeing. So, the, the more I'm in it, and the more times I go to court, it's it's just not all adding up. I'm not going to say that I have all the answers. Right. And I'm not going to say that it'll be quick. Look at our situation. I know. I can't believe that you guys are still going through all this. I mean. Well, we finally told them to F off without using well, those. Yeah, I mean, you know, somewhere it has to come to a point where if it's been four years and the kids have been with you for four years, it's time to, to bag it now. Hold on. The first thing this mother has to do, does she even have her kid? The mother of the kids, I no. She has yeah. three children. They're all from different fathers, and 
all three have, one has been returned to her father. Her father stepped forward and took her. Uh, Did she sign a voluntary placement? You know what? I don't know. If she signed a voluntary placement, I can't guarantee it. But it's going to take some freaking digging, and it's not going to be something easy to find. It's well, no, because I've, I've been, I can go, go in to children and youth and ask to see their file, and they have to give it to me to read. But I also understand that there's another file, and, and I know the game because of being a supervisor with the federal government. If you discipline someone, if you had a written note, and the union asked you for it, you had to give it to them. So I yeah. stopped taking notes during a disciplinary, a corrective action meeting. I yeah. stopped taking notes, but I had notes. Yeah, and those notes went in a different file. Exactly. So I know the game that children and youth is playing. There's notes, but I don't have access to that file because that's their personal file. Yes, well, the reason... So I know the game is playing reason I'm asking is if she signed a voluntary placement, okay, it's real easy. You just got to, one, find the statutes. Right. Find the code, find the regulation that talks about voluntary placement. Uh-huh. Um, there is a in certain states, if the parent does a voluntary placement at any time they want, all they got to do is ask for their children back. Oh. Think of it like a mental institution. You hmm. decide today that you're going crazy. Yeah. And so you voluntarily put yourself in the institution. Can you not? at any time just walk out? Yeah. You can. Right. It's voluntary. Right. There are in most every state, and I say most because I don't know every state. So when I say that it's because I don't know every state. Okay, yeah. You gotta find it. It's either gonna be in some code, some regulation, the DSS, family court regulation, something. Because remember what we talked about. They are an administrative agency. They work via contract. You can revoke your consent to the contract at any time. And then if they don't honor that, file a common law claim in the federal court. And oh, trust me, you think the federal judges don't know this stuff? Oh, they know this stuff. And they will do everything they can to keep you from getting it into a common law court. Okay. The common law court is different than the United States District Court for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, which is in Harrisburg, right? Right. Totally different courts than a federal court. We've been taught to look at them the same. They're not. Tell you a brief history some little interesting things. You know, I filed that federal lawsuit January 5th of last year. Right. I'm going to show you the difference between filing as a U.S. citizen and filing as a man. 
Okay. Yeah. When I filed the federal court last year, I filed a complaint and claim, not knowing you can't do them together. They are two totally dis- distinct things. Uh-huh. But I'm still studying and still learning. Right, right. That case, that one drug out for 13 months till the judge dismissed it with a 30-day time frame of me to filing an amended complaint. <laughs> Unbelievable. Always stacked to that. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It gets better. Did I file an amended complaint? Because in the compl- in the order that he gave, he said, well, this person's immune, this person's immune, this person is not, this person is partially immune. He lays out telling me the rules as in basically this is who you can go against and this is who you can't. Did I do that? No. I mailed him back a one-page claim. Did Judge Sharp know exactly what I mailed him? Oh, yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Because he he dismissed and closed the case. His little three-page, uh. hold on, his little three- or four-page synopsis that he gave is, he said something about, well, we know that Mr. Robertson sent in a claim, but because of some phone calls that he made, we believe he understood it to be a complaint and um, has no merit, so we're just going to dismiss it and close the case. That was really weird how the thing was written. He didn't do it with prejudice or without prejudice. Mm -hmm. With prejudice means you cannot refile. Without means you can. He left it completely wide open. Okay. Now, I called the clerk. I, my dad got it in the mail. He said, he sent it to me, and then me and dad talked about it. I said, did you see anything weird about it? He says, my, my dad's very legally smart. He, now, when it comes to tax law, my dad knows tax law. The IRS can't touch him. Uh-huh. So he knows how he's had his fair share in court dealing with the county and the state and the feds because he does all his own stuff when it comes. He just gets attorneys to handle the procedures. Right. He said, other than that, he makes his own arguments and everything. So he knows what court documents look like and how they're written and uh-huh. all that. So he said, yeah, that was real weird how he wrote that. I said, yeah. So now, February, end of February, it was closed. I said, good. I'm glad because I knew the mistakes I made. Right. So March 31st, no. Yeah, March 31st, I resubmit a one-page claim. Certified signed receipt, They I, so I know they got it. That was on a Thursday. It would have got there Saturday, which means they didn't get it till Monday, which was April 4th. It was the quickest I've ever seen a judge move. On the 6th, he responded. Or she responded. It was at Dad's house on the 8th. She was responding as a judge from the United States District Court, Northern District of Albany. She didn't call me plaintiff, and she did not call them defendant until you got down to where she wrote the the paragraph that Ryan Robertson plaintiff filed a complaint. Uh, No, I didn't. I filed a claim. 
Uh-huh. I said, so who is this from a foreign jurisdiction trying to alter my claim into a, into a complaint? Right. Because the United States District Court for the Northern District of Albany is a administrative court. It is contract. <clears throat> it's not federal. So okay. when I called yeah. when I called the clerk of the court, I said, "Is there a trial date set for my claim?" Oh, we don't accept claims. Fine. Will you put that in writing? We don't know what you want. I said, "Easy. <laughs> a trial date for my claim." Right. We don't right. accept claims. We only accept complaints. Will you put? that in writing. I said, I sent you a letter asking who is trying to alter my claim into a complaint and that there is nothing in the filing fee schedule that says I am to pay a single penny for filing a a claim. Does it say anything about a complaint? Yes, I didn't file a complaint. I filed a claim. So when I pushed the issue for them to put it in writing, they said, fine, we'll put your letter on the docket for the judge to look at it. I said, thank you. Mm -hmm. That was March 31st, and now we're halfway through June. It's the fastest they've ever moved. (laughs) You know why they move fast when you go in as a man or a woman? A judge can be held liable to a, for interfering with your rights as a man or a woman. Oh. A U.S. citizen, what do they tell you as a U.S. citizen? That a judge is immune. Right. No, they're not. Why do you think they have a bond? What is a bond? Oh, I didn't know they had to be bonded. Okay. Judges and attorneys have to be bonded. Have to be bonded. That makes sense now. And government workers, CPS, have to be bonded. Right. Why? Because if they're ever held personally liable, who's going to pay for it? Right. The bond is not the not the person. Well, see, I even asked that question one time. I said, do I have to go get a lawyer? Well, no, what would yeah. you have to do that for? I said, well, because I don't like the way things are going. And I'm not keeping my mouth shut. Do I need to go get myself a lawyer? Well, then I read my court order, and it says I'm, as long as I'm acting in the best interest of a child, no one can take action against me. But now well, then, you're making that sound like that's not right either. Yes, it is right. But what is the best interest of the child? Exactly. Whose definition is that? Mine or theirs? That is that. Well, yours. That's the catch twenty-two. No, no, yours. Ah, okay. All right. See, there's a one of the first legal doctrines I found was called void for vagueness. You know what vague means? It means it's not clear, right? Right. So void for vagueness deals with statutory and code and all that, what the what they say. Now okay. so what I found out about void for vagueness is is that if a statute, code, law, regulation, whatever, is not written in such a way 
that the average man or woman with common knowledge can understand it. It's considered void for vagueness and unenforceable. Because why? How are you to know the boundaries you're not supposed to cross if you can't understand it? Right. Gotcha. No, so it's all... Now, the reason why I bring that up is because it's all based on your understanding. Why do they want you to get an attorney? Because your understanding goes out the window. Ah, it's whatever yeah. they decide it is. Right. Okay, yeah. Yep. You've been around the courts long enough. What is one of the first questions usually asked in court? Not all the time. Usually. Do you understand the charges against you? And the average person will either say yes or no, and most people say yes. And the minute you say yes, they got you because you... Now you've admitted on the record that you have understanding. Right. That means you have accepted the terms of the contract. See how this works? Yes, indeed. So now that you've accepted the terms of the contract, because it's a social contract. Right. You every time you step out your house, you do go down. There's different types of contracts in the legal business. So you got implied contracts. One example that you never give any thought of is you go down to your local restaurant. You decide you want to eat a meal, so you walk in the front door. You sit down and look at the menu. The menu is the contract. You see what they're going to give you. You see the prices. You agreed. So if you don't like the meal when you get it, you say, ooh, this is disgusting. Can you take it back? And if you get mad and walk out, you don't know anything because why didn't meet the terms of their contract? Uh-huh. But now if you liked it and you walk out, guess what? It's theft because you right. violated the terms of the contract. Right. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it's starting to make a lot of sense now. So that's how everything works. All the courts are there for is to make sure you honor your contracts. Uh Uh-huh. But that's where you can get into constructive fraud. Constructive fraud, there is no statute of limitations on constructive fraud. Constructive fraud governs all contracts. So that's why I'm saying there's a lot of things I'm learning Right. She can get a lot of help, but she's going to have a battle on her hands. It's just like the term property. Is it a child or is it her property? I'm not so, you know, at one time the law did say the children were property, but the way this stuff's going in court, they're not. No. It, it seems the, they belong to the under, court. I don't know. I mean, it, yeah. Under the, com, under the common law, they're still, they're still her property. Okay, I knew at one time they, they were, but yeah, it doesn't, no, doesn't seem that way. 
they still are, and they imitate that in the rules, regulations, codes, and statutes. Okay? Now, the reason why I say they, emu they emulate that is think about something. Now, property, if you go back to John Locke, which I've done. I went back to John Locke, got his audio books, listened to them. John Locke and, and Thomas Paine are the two key players that Thomas Jefferson learned from. Okay? Now, the simple common law definition of property is whatever I claim that I have exclusive right to enjoy and possess above all others. Mm -hmm. Enjoy just means to bond with. Okay. Right. Now, does the do the laws imitate that? An example of property that John Locke gave that I tell people is, say you have a farm and you own a bull, and that bull gets loose from the area that you have it, and it injures or harms your neighbor's person or property. The words I use are actually very distinct for a reason. Okay, uh -huh. I want to clarify that. Um, so it it injures or harms your neighbor's person or property. Okay, who's liable? Okay. Most people would say the owner of the bull. The court would look at it and say, not necessarily so. Is this the first time? Did the judge? Did the owner of the bull have any foreknowledge that it was going to happen? If he didn't he would not be held liable. Okay. He, he was innocent without knowledge that it's going to happen. But right. let's say that this is the third or fourth time it's happened. Then he would be held liable because he's not done what it takes to correct the problem because if he had have done something, it wouldn't have happened. Right, okay. Following that. Okay, now... In New York, I don't know about Pennsylvania, you'd be more of an expert than me. In New York, I found some of the rules and laws and codes and statutes and all that. That, say a child gets charged with juvenile delinquency. They come back and charge the parents with neglect. Why? The same example applies to the bull, because they did not administer their property properly. They had foreknowledge that it was going to happen. Why? Because they didn't rear their children properly or take care of their property properly. Right. And the big quick answer is, if when CPS comes up and says, well, property, slavery was done away with back in the 1800s. Right. Okay. So, and when they question children without the parents, the real quick way to kill that whole thing is look at them and say, okay, you say in their competence. Okay, then emancipate them so they can go get a job and pay their own bills. Everybody knows that a child's testimony is not competent testimony. Right. But see, DSS don't operate that way. They don't operate in facts. They don't operate in truth. 
Yeah, it seems I'm finding that out the hard way, but. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. Any other questions? I know I go on and on and on, and I probably no, yeah, that's a whole lot for for me to try to digest here. It is. I know that's why I said I probably need to shut up. <laughs> um, well, I do appreciate you taking the time with me. I, I know I that honestly, I'm becoming increasingly disgruntled with the system. Um. You know, I'll be honest with you, I, I really, because of my job and everything I do, I honestly forgot. Forgot what? To contact you. Oh. Well, you sent an email a little bit ago, but I wasn't quite ready. And, you know, some things have just been coming up. Agency, you know, the people I'm working with with some of the agencies are, you know, starting to, to say, well, you're the first person that, you know, has, is trying to make him accountable. Um, you're the only one that we can get answers from. And, you know, that's not how this should be. We should all be on the same team. But somehow there's an I in this team instead of an E. And, well, you know, it, it seems that the agency the kids are with and me are on a team. But the person, the biggest person who should be on the team is the one that put these kids in this position. The best they're not on the team. Yeah. That's right. The best thing you can do is when it comes to that definition of best interest of the children. Right. Is what do you believe the best interest is? Because yes, it is very vague. It is or it it is some it's anyone's perspective. In other words, right. so you have to be able to express that that is what you believe is the best interest of the children. Right. Um if you have it in writing that they are telling you this stuff and giving you this hard time and doing that and, you, and about you're wanting people held accountable and they're saying, no, you don't do that, you need to go public because if not, you're not doing what's in the best interest of the children. Right, and that's, um, yeah, and that's why I told my manager that you know, I, I don't feel that I can properly advocate for these children. And that's what the court appointment says. I'm, you know, and that's, you know, court-appointed special advocate. I can't properly advocate because I don't have the information that I feel I need to determine what's best for the child. Because they won't let you. Because they won't let me in the door. That's right. And the only way to do it is speak out. The only thing I would have, and I'd have to go back to them, are my emails. That's fine. I have no official documents about some of the things that I've been told, but I do have them in emails. You know, the, the uh, well, sometimes you just have to rubber stamp it. No, no, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. It, you know, Who was the one that told you that you're trying to hold them accountable? One of the other agencies. A social worker with one of the agencies that the child is placed with. Now, the reason why I said that is if you can email them and get them to say that, that would be big time. You just be kind of dumb about it. I may, I, I may have that. I'll have to go through all of my emails for the last 15 months to see what I kept and what I 
got rid of in anger, which was really stupid. But I also may have, and I have to check, the program that I use, sometimes I can recall things that I've already deleted. And also check your trash bin. Yes, I will. Okay. But yeah, I, well, if, I, they say, if they said it in email where they were... I'm pretty sure I might terms. have that one in email. But I, like I said, I have to go digging and I'll have to do it that Jan won't know because she supports what I do, but she will not support this. I know that. Well, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, she, she, supports, you, she supports what I'm doing with the children, but she's not going to be happy to know that I'm making a big stir. Well, like I said, if they, if you find the one where they're basically, for lack of a better term, saying you're bad for trying to hold these people accountable, right? Oh, that'll be a bit. That will end up becoming a big story. I'm, yeah. Honestly, it will. Yeah. If I can get it some attention, and I've got some people in different states that are fighting CPS. Like I said, one of them's an attorney. Right. She's got a lot of followers. Right. Um, that, and I can keep, like I said, I know how to keep your name. I just need you to print, if you can print the emails off as a PDF document, which there are programs, if you don't have those programs, you can download for your computer. Okay. okay. And, yep. and print them off as a PDF, don't forward, because then they, they could say it's altered. Uh, because right, you gotcha. Forward it, okay. If you forward it, you can actually type in it. Okay. Right. But if you print it as a PDF, then you email me the document. I got programs on my phone that I can go and alter the PDF to black out your name. Right. But I want their names exposed because it'll that will bring attention to those people, and they will not be held accountable till light is shown on them. Right, right. I hear you. Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. And I'm sorry you guys were mad at me or upset with me. You know, I was looking for something to do because I was bored, and I really believed that I was helping children, but I'm not so sure that's how it's turning out. No. And at, at this point, uh, you know, like I said, th these two particular children have now bonded with me. And I don't want to be one more person that has left them down. I know. And so that, that's why I'm still hanging in there. Uh, because they, they already feel that mom doesn't care because she doesn't come to family visits. She doesn't call them on the phone. They're asking me all the time, why can't mom visit? Well, I don't know why your mom doesn't come to visit. That's something that you have to ask your social worker. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit if the social worker ain't keeping her from doing it, because you don't know how many cases I've heard so far where the caseworker will set up appointments, then change appointments, and then do this, and then do that. Well, I don't know if he he changes them, but mm -hmm. um, this particular caseworker will provide bus passes only. He will do no transporting himself. Yet the first case that I had that I asked to be removed from, now that they moved these two so far away, um, that caseworker would pick the mom up and take her to her appointments. Now, this is the same agency. We can't be working two different ways here. 
Either you, the agency does or the agency doesn't. And the reason, and you know what, the reason why they're not helping her see her kid is because then after 15 months, and this is regulations according to the feds, after 15 months, they can adopt them out. And well, that's, and that's what's going on now. Right. That's why they're going to terminate parental rights so they can adopt them out. That's right, because there's a bunch of freaking money involved in doing this. Well, that's what I figured, but I can't find it. Now you gave, me, find you, you gave me new can't. directions to go in. Yeah, the Title Four E program, right. but you can't. You, it's not something where you're gonna necessarily find it online. You will find budget information online for foster care for the state and this, that, and the other. But to find out how much how much of the money is going is coming from the feds, it goes to Pennsylvania, and then Pennsylvania divvies it up. There's a big money trail, and it's hard to follow. Well, that's what I said. I, you know, I started looking for stuff, and that's why I decided to contact you because I could find nothing, and I knew you were doing all this research. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Connie Reguli, the attorney in Tennessee, I was telling you about. Yeah. Okay. She's been doing FOIA requests in Tennessee, and she's getting blocked every which way she turns, trying to follow the money. Right. And that's someone that's an attorney that knows how to play this, the game. The game, right. And they're, blo- and they're blocking her every step of the way because why? She's actually, in her mind, doing what she thinks is right. Is right. And yep. that makes her dangerous to the system. Oh, sure, to the system, absolutely. She's jeopard- She could jeopardize the, uh, whatever you want to call it, the did game hear, or whatever. Did you hear recently there was another, I don't remember what state it was, I, 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 can't, rem- I can't remember what state it was, but they absolutely dismantled the CPS agency in that state because of child trafficking. Oh, my God. No, I have not heard that. I just saw that the uh, first part of the week. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I even shared it, and I think there was a couple of different sources on there. Yeah. Yeah. You just be careful because you can't trust none of them. And if they're oh no, I know that. I know that. If yeah. If you're asking questions that they don't like. Right, they're going to shut down in a minute. I know that. My caseworker already does that. Yeah. I realize that. And part of the reason to protect yourself is to go public. Right. Remember the D.C. madam? Yeah. Back in the 90s? Uh-huh. She, had all, she was the call girl for all the people up at the White House and everything? Yeah, yeah. She went, she went on to the radio show I talked to that I used to listen to. Oh, Yeah. And he point blank told her, she said, you better go public with everything, okay? Or you give them everything and tell them you'll keep your mouth shut because if not, you're going to get killed. And guess what? Two weeks later, she was hung. She was found hanging in her room. And her landlord said that she didn't kill herself. Everybody was saying she didn't kill herself. The note the suicide note 
was not even her handwriting. Oh. I can show <laughs> I can show you a a trail of bodies. Just Cece, Madam, being one. That when someone, when you are exposing things, things happen. That's why I said to protect yourself, it's best to go public. Right. But you, I'm not doing it to scare you or anything. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I want you to make what's a decision you're comfortable with. You get there, you go through all your emails. You let me know what you can find. All right. We'll do. Okay. All right, Brian. Thanks. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. Say hi to everybody. I will. All right. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.